you know, typically good people hang out with good people. I mean, really, I mean, you don't, you don't find people that are really great hanging out with really crappy people. Mm -hmm. I mean, they all have that one crappy friend, of course, but you know, for the most part, you know, everyone's hanging out with good people. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is building great sales teams. All right, guys, welcome back to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. I've got Chris Ulmer today. He's uh, one of my consulting clients. We're just beginning an engagement on, and I wanted to get him on the show to tell his story a little bit, as well as showcase his company. And so Chris is the president of Crystal Coast Graphics. They do vehicle wraps to improve brand recognition in local companies. So Chris has 14 personal and company certifications, putting him in the top 1% of installers in the nation. He's a member of Rap Society, which is an exclusive uh, mastermind group, as well as he's got his own mastermind in the works. We're going to like pre-release this a little bit here. It's called Rapponomics, and we're going to see a podcast this year. I'm, I'm holding him to it. This year, he's going to have a podcast come out called Rapponomics which is exciting. I love the name. He's got 17 years in the rap industry. Chris Ulmer, welcome to the podcast, brother. Appreciate it, Doug. Appreciate you coming down and spending a little bit of time here. Yeah, no, I appreciate y'all having me out. Um, I always get all giddy when I walk into businesses for the first time, you know what I mean? And just kind of seeing the face value of the business, you know, what the customer sees when they walk in. And obviously with a rap shop, you guys have a little advantage, you know what I mean? But Talk about a beautiful shop. You know, first of all, the color. The color is my favorite part. Best, blue and black. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> if you guys don't know, Argenta Consulting is blue and bl- black. Argenta Field Solutions was blue and black. If you look at all my branding, it's blue and black. And it's that blue yep. on top of it. It's the perfect blue. Yeah. And so like-minded, you know, obviously. But Chris, um, let's go back. Let's go way back. Okay. You know. Have you always been an entrepreneur or was it just after you got into raps that you decided you wanted to become an entrepreneur? No, I've always been, um, you know, my family is, uh, have been in their own business for since 1955. Okay. Um, and so it's always been kind of natural to me. I've been in all different types of businesses. Um, still am today. Mm-hmm. Uh, started out in like family entertainment centers. That's kind of where I've grown up in and what I even started, um, back in 2001, uh, I guess would be my first like official business. Even before that, when I was a teenager, I used to go and clean up uh, after hurricanes. We're on the coast, of North Carolina, okay. get hurricanes. And yeah. I remember when I was probably about 12 years old, had a hurricane come through and I went around and cleaned up yards and I hired a bunch of other kids my age and younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all worked for me. So it was like a whole team of, you know, 10 to 12 year olds uh, cleaning up yards after hurricanes. It was great. So I got to ask, was this your parents encouraging this or was this you just seeing your parents do it and like, hey, I'm going to own my own business someday. I want to be like my parents kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, growing up, I've always said they, they, my grandfather started a, a, a bowling business and uh, I've always grown up in that and worked there since I was able to walk. Um, and so I've always enjoyed that part of it and being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where that even clean up yards. I mean, all that kind of came from was just, yeah. I, I enjoy doing that. Um, still to this day. I mean, I, I enjoy a lot of the growing a business, different types, all different 
industries. I mean, I'm in a lot of different types of industries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do, I do enjoy the whole entrepreneurial journey from start to finish, growing a business and learning about it. And I get a lot of information um, from other businesses. I go to a lot mm-hmm. of trade shows that do not pertain to what I'm in. Um, pick up little nuggets, little bits and tricks from all these different things. We were uh, we were on an OG call the other day, and I can't remember who it was, but they said that they were going to steal that from you. So the fact that you go to trade shows that aren't in your, I guess, Corey, vertical. Corey, I think, said that. Yeah, 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 Corey. He's like, I'm totally stealing that, and it and it's very true. It's like, man, I didn't even think about it that way. Well, I mean, now that I'm consulting, it makes sense, but before I should have done it just to like see how other businesses operate and move in the marketplace and then bring that back to your own business or be able to apply it across the board, mm-hmm. I think uh, is a good technique for sure. So you saw it early on um, as a child, you, you were kind of inspired by that and moved right into that. Right. Um, it kind of gives me hope because, you know, I have, I have a daughter, she's 12 years old. And she uh, says that she's going to take over the family business someday, but she's always been very interested in education, you know, and her mom's in education, you know. And so I, I always wonder, like, how much influence we have in, ter- in terms of the end result over what our kids do for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, you always want to think, oh, they're going to follow in my footsteps, and that's going to be a part of my legacy is passing on the business to them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they may have other plans, sure. you know. And that's it with us. I mean, like, I'm still involved in, in our family's business. We still have it. Mm-hmm. But they've always been in just that same business. Mm-hmm. I have ventured out to all different types of things that I've yeah. grown the knowledge from that. And, like, even with my kids, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. And they're here almost daily. And they come in. And, and I, I don't, you know, necessarily want them to feel obligated to follow in any of the businesses that I'm doing. But I hope to at least instill you know, values and, um, and work ethic mm-hmm. that a lot of kids growing up now don't necessarily have so much, right. um, so that they can make that choice when the time comes, what direction they want to go and mm-hmm. still be successful because of those values and work ethics that they have got for me. hundred percent. Yeah. We need more of that for sure. Absolutely. I know, uh, you know, cause my, my wife, uh, taught in public school until she opened up her own business last year. And, uh, you know, the influence, you know, because she was teaching in public school, my kids went to that school and, you know, it was a, uh, I don't know how to say it, the kind of school it was like, it was, a uh, they, they got free lunches. Like it, it was a lower end school. Right. Sure. But they needed her there because of her teaching ability. So they, they like recruited her. Right. And, um, and so my kids went there, but it, it was very much like I, you know, I ran the, the watchdog program at school. Mm-hmm. And it was very much like everybody was of that, like, victim mindset, unfortunately, you know, which was probably not a good example for their kids and stuff like that. So it was, you know, I, I see that happen with most kids these days, like you're saying. So I think creating that example is going to be incredibly important. Absolutely. My mother was a teacher, taught for 32 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, you know, she does still really doesn't have anything to do with the family business. She, my grandfather who started the bowling center, um, my mother didn't go down that path. She yeah. chose to be a school teacher. Yeah. Now my father, who of course was not any blood relation mm-hmm. to my grandfather, um, is the one that kind of has carried it on. Yeah. He started working there when he was 15, 16 years old. That's how he met my mother. Oh, nice. Um, and kind of has stayed in that industry. And now, you know, myself again, I, I, 
my, my father's still active on a daily basis over there. I don't have as big of a role in that family mm-hmm. business. Um, uh, it's one of those things that it's, uh, I help them with, um, a lot. Um, but I'm just not there day to day. Yeah. hundred percent. So, you know, early on, did you start different ventures and stuff like that? Cause you know, you, you've been in, uh, wraps for 17 years now or graphics in general, mm-hmm. marketing in general, right? What was it before that? Um, so, uh, again, I, I started when I was 12 years old, yeah. you know, doing yards and stuff. I have, uh, I owned a, I did dump trucks. I had a dump truck and asphalt company, um, back in probably 2001 or mm-hmm. so. Um, and then I also started a roller skating rink in a uh, laser tag and arcade. I built so that in 2001. Kind of like the same space as yeah, bowling. Entertainment yeah, yeah family entertainment. Yep, Absolutely. Um, so I've always loved that. Um, I had that, I, uh, started doing pressure washing, uh, probably Oh six Oh seven, a small little pressure washing thing. Um, like a little side hustle. Didn't really care for that too much. Got out of that pretty quick, but it was one of those things where I had that equipment for cleaning the dump trucks and the, the hot yeah. water pressure washer. just kind of, was an, it, I had the equipment. Why not try to use it? Yeah. Um, I just didn't have any interest in it. So I kind of moved on from there. Uh, and then, so I had the skating rink. And the laser tag from 2001, and we sold that building, or I sold that building in 2013. Um, we stopped operating in uh, 2000, late 2011, 2012. Uh, mm-hmm. Sold it. It wasn't intentional. Had a, uh, a church, as a matter of fact, came in, rented the building from me for a week for a function, yeah. and um, they asked if I would ever be interested in selling it. And I was mm-hmm. like, I mean, you know, anything's for sale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we, we negotiated a little bit, and uh, we sold it. And, and the intention really wasn't to close. What the intention was was to um, build another facility with bowling, laser tag, skating, everything in one big facility. Sounds expensive. Yep. It, it, yeah, it is. <laughs> and, um, and so we just never – it never came through. I mean, it got a lot with the expense and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I started uh, my rap shop in uh, 06. Uh, it was kind of, again, a side hustle at the time because I was fully in the family entertainment centers. Yeah. And so I, it was just, I had a lot of enjoyment in doing it. I liked, I was, I liked automotive. I liked the design side. Um, mm-hmm. I started wrapping vehicles out in our parking lot. And then that just kind of grew at the, at the family and James center. Yep. Right around the corner from where we're at right now, about a block down the road. Um, and so I did it out in the parking lot for Oh six and right in Oh seven, got me a a building in Oh seven. And real quickly, I found out that it was, it was plausible. Like, you know, this had a big need in this area. Um, definitely scalable. So, um, I, Got a building then. I was in that building for about a year and a half, outgrew it super quick, and then moved into the building I'm at now in 09. Um, and then even since then, I, I've had my graphic shop. Uh, an opportunity came up to get into the auto body business. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought a existing business that had been open since 1965. Um, so I, I purchased that, and then um, I even got into the food truck. So I still, you know, currently now I operate a, a food truck does hibachi yeah i have an auto body and collision center i do my graphic shop and then like part of my graphic shop we do uh paint protection film and window tint Mm -hmm. all kind of part of that same brand in the same building nice um so you know a lot of different ventures a lot of them play well with each other Mm it's crazy how much the auto body and the graphic shop really feed off of each other they there's a lot of mutual work that goes back and forth yeah um so that does it's it's a 
unique relationship. I don't know anyone else in my business who has that. Yeah, that's um, the first thing I asked when we did the tour yesterday. Yeah. And, and just so you guys know, we're actually in the auto body side today. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where we met today because of everything's going on over at the graphics shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we did the tour yesterday. And all of a sudden, he just walks across the parking lot to this auto body shop. And I'm like, wait, this is yours too? <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't realize, you know what I mean? We didn't yeah. even talk about that. And, uh, yeah, and that's the first thing I asked you. I was like, is this normal? Like, sure. you have that side-by-side relationship in the industry? And you Tell me no. Yeah, it's just, it wasn't normal. I just, again, they were, uh, an opportunity came up. We were next door to each other. I had built up a relationship with them since I had been in my building since 09. Probably so, passive business back and forth. Correct, yeah. passive business. Yeah, they, there's a lot of um, things that they need put on, paint protection film and vinyl, and we're right next door in a parking lot. Yeah. And then when the uh, the existing owners were looking to retire, um, I just decided to step in. And so I purchased the business from them mm-hmm. um, and then has been operating this for a couple of years now. So, yes. yep, it's a, I said, it's a unique relationship that we had, but it, it, it very much feeds off of each other. I mean, you know, in the rap business, we occasionally break parts, you know, and it's mm-hmm. really good to have an auto body shop. That yeah. can, I can come over and get parts. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that happen. If you've been in the business long enough, you're going to break a taillight when you pull it out, you're going to break something. Yeah. And it's, it is what it is, you know, yeah. and um, so it's nice to have that over here. And then for and them, not have to pay retail for it. Correct. <laughs> you know, and for them, uh, there's always uh, those things that have to get done. And that actually has kind of helped in our auto body business because, you know, I work for a lot of other auto body shops, too, from the graphic side of things. And mm-hmm. they'll need decals and racing stripes and things. And they're always having to wait on my timeline. Yeah. So for my shop, they get right in. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know they, need, they need racing stripes put on. They need paint protection, film, whatever it is course i work them right in you mm-hmm. know so um it, it does help this side out get the vehicles done faster insurance companies like that because they're not having to put their customers in rental cars for so long yeah so it's great i mean they feed off each other so a lot of weird things that do you you weren't expecting but because yeah, they do ta- play well with each other mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of overlap and a lot of things that make it mutually um mutually beneficial for each of them well i think to point out one of the things that you that was really smart that you did well, I feel like is you took on a partner in the auto body shop, mm-hmm. so you could continue to focus on on wraps and graphics. Yeah, I, I know nothing about the auto body. I, I don't I don't really care to in a way. You know, yeah. um, I found a good partner over here. Um, we took him on uh, several months ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of experience in the auto body sector. Um, been in it for I think eighteen years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it was a great fit. He was really wanting to step into that ownership type role yeah um and so it was a good fit for us because we found someone that had now had some skin in the game that mm. really wanted to make it grow and succeed um and essentially golden handcuffs in a way yeah um and it keeps him here and invested and he's a great asset for the company so it, it was definitely a great move that we've made awesome so now that you're able to focus on the graphics piece you know you you basically reached out to me because you want to build outside sales. Now, when we think about like building great sales teams, it's not, you're not thinking of a rap shop, you know, at the same time I look at it and I'm like, man, that's an incredibly scalable business. So that stands to say the only way you scale it is the sales piece. Right. Right. And y'all have a few different models that you're able to work with. You know, you've got the local shop that services all the local businesses Mm -hmm. But then because you print in-house, that opens up a, a second piece of the model, which really is a scalable sales piece. You want to walk us through that real quick? Sure. I mean, we have, of course, all of our local customers that are here that we can service 
in our shop. They can walk in our door. Mm-hmm. And then we have the other side of that, which is like your fleets. Okay. These people could be an hour away, two hours away across the country. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so growing that fleet sector is what we really, you know, one of the biggest reasons we reached out to you mm-hmm. is just trying to get some processes and procedures in place. I have no experience in outside sales like that. Mm-hmm. I don't claim to. And it's just one of those things that I definitely lag. I mean, in all the different trade shows and learnings and stuff that I do, all of them are pretty much geared towards inside sales, people coming into my business. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, going down this path, um, looking for someone to help us grow that's used to that outside sales, helping build those scripts, building mm-hmm. that whole process in place of garnering these relationships with these customers because we have the ability to scale anywhere. You know, um, we can, uh, and there's a lot of different models there. We can um, get their fleet wraps, we can ship them to them, and yeah. they can handle their own installations, meaning they'll hire their own subcontractors locally to install. Mm-hmm. We can also uh, design their wraps, ship them out there, and we can handle the installation side as well. We um, have a great network of certified installers all across the country that we can pull from. Um, to make sure that whether it's done in our shop or at theirs or their location anywhere in the country, Mm -hmm. they're going to get the same top quality installation anywhere. No, I love that because it does make it incredibly scalable to where, all right, your outside salesperson can obviously get business locally. They can get business regionally, you know, within driving distance, and then they can get business nationally using their online influence or their network in general. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, the, the fact that you all have a, that certification system where you know the people doing the end work are uh, qualified to do so is is huge as well. You know, and even with that, you know, a lot of other companies, you know, one of our primary focuses is home service-based companies. Mm-hmm. And they are also wanting to scale. Yeah. And they are wanting to grow. And they're, you know, buying up other locations in other multiple cities. Mm-hmm. So instead of having somebody in every city that does their wraps, well, now you're, you're – um, your consistency across your brand can change. Your colors can vary a little bit, your placement, your look, your overall feel. Yeah. So by having one main graphic graphics provider that can handle all of that, mm-hmm. get it to those multiple cities that you're in across the country. It makes right. it much easier for them. Um, this way they have one source to go to, to cater to all of the different mm-hmm. industry, or all the different locations that they're in across the country. 100%. So, you know, obviously you're running a, a seven figure business already. What kind of, I guess, inspired you to go, I guess, outside of the business and look for education? Yeah. Education has always been huge for us. It's one of our core values. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're always trying to get better, not only for myself and, and my wife and my family, but for my team, I want all of them to, um, to be as dedicated and driven about improving themselves is what we are about improving them, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know, we hire, we hire somebody. I don't typically hire someone who's got experience. I hire a good person mm-hmm. and I try to find a good fit for them within our company and that they align with our core values. And so, um, over there in our graphics shop, with the exception of, I think one person, none of them had any experience in this industry. Nice. They have all just been great people that I see a lot of potential in for growth that, want to do better for themselves that want to pursue a career in this, in, in this field because mm-hmm. they believe in me and allowing them to be able to do better for themselves, both personally and professionally. 
Um, we've got a lot of great people over there, uh, and they have all shown some type of um, commitment to bettering themselves, personally and professionally. How do you how do you attract people like that? Networking. I don't do job ads. Mm-hmm. I don't do any of that. Um, it has all been through, you know, typically good people hang out with good people. I mean, really, I mean, you don't, you don't find people that are really great hanging out with really crappy people. Mm -hmm. I mean, they all have that one crappy friend, of course, but you know, for the most part, you know, everyone's hanging out with good people. So, you know, pulling those resources, um, churches, uh, other business organizations, um, even if it's not directly to them, like, you know, I'm in a rotary club and, uh, a lot of people in that club know me. So maybe they have their own business, but their kid that works for them or their, they're someone that they know from yeah. church or whatever is they know they're a good person. They send them my way nice. um, because again, you know, everyone, you know, you don't, you want to work for other good people and you want to be um, felt like you are a part of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we've really leaned on and it's done us well through the years. You know, we get the occasional bad apple that interviews well and is a great person. And then maybe just doesn't align down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I've got one installer that used to work for me a long time ago. Uh, personally wise, great person, you know, he had just some issues that couldn't get past, you know, he didn't align with everything and we've left the door open. I'd love for him to come back at some point, Yeah, you know, and it just wasn't meant to be at that time. So maybe one day in the future, Mm -hmm. he'll come back again. We'll bring him in, but you know, it's rare. I mean, I, I've had to let go so few people through the past. Um, and when they did, it's, because they didn't align with our core values. Right. It's not necessarily work performance or Correct. something on the job. It's the core value issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, it's such a tough thing to, you know, I think on the front end, it's very difficult to hire on that. Obviously if it's a personal referral, that's a different story, but which is mainly what you hire. But when you're hiring in any kind of volume, it's, it's very difficult to create that filter because you can ask them all day. Hey, do you have integrity? Sure. <laughs> of course you're going to say yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Yeah. But you know, the beautiful thing about that is, is as long as that's in your handbook in a filter on the front end, then you can fire based on that too. Sure. You know it's what I mean? It's all over our walls. Yeah. You know, and you, you go in our facility, it's mm-hmm. not even just in one location. You walk in the door, customers see it. They, even employees, they can't not see it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. everywhere in there. It's back in the garage and the install base. It's up in the production area. It's in our handbook. It's, it's everywhere. So, you know, and we try to, make sure everyone understands how important it is to us. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't used to be everywhere. We had it in our handbook. We had it, you know, we would go over it in, in quarterly meetings and things like that. We would review yeah. it, but I mean, we hire and we, you know, we have a, you know, one of the kind of coaching groups that we're in. I mean, we, we typically rank people on, um, you know, performance and culture mm-hmm. and, and, and that, and we, we have like a little matrix and we rank them in there and they are well aware of where they're at in that. Okay. Um, and we try to, show them where they're at and where we can improve and what we need from them to get them to improve and how to fit in the culture better and go through, go to our team functions that we have, Mm. participate in our book club, participate in all of the team building, culture building activities that we do um, that make them want to be there. Is that a custom deal that y'all put together or is that part of a a system from the coaching groups that you're in? Um, I'd say it's something that we derive from i think okay. it's part of maybe scaling up or one of those um, okay. that we kind of took and kind of made it work for us um and there's some other 
I think some other groups and things that um, use that same type of philosophy. I want to say EOS even has something along mm-hmm. those lines, um, very similar. Yeah. Um, so it's by no means nothing we created. We just kind of adopted a version of it that works for us. Yeah. Um, and for us, the hardest thing to measure, which I'm sure a lot of places is, is the culture. Like how yeah. do you really put a measurable on that? Um, performance is pretty easy. Yeah. You know, you can get a case. Cause there's metrics. That. Yeah, exactly. Um, culture, you know, so for us, how we kind of measured is, do they participate in team activities? Mm-hmm. Are they going, you know, we do again, like monthly, we do quarterly things. We might go to top golf or go play laser yeah. tag or do whatever. Are they participating? Are they giving that time to be a team fit and a culture fit? So it's a little bit harder to scale and to gauge as far as like a number goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you that's know, the so, point but correct yeah I mean, and, and it's and it's pretty obvious you know in a way it's like it's 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 more of a kind of a pass fail in mm-hmm. a way you know it, it's harder to put that metric on it yeah. um, but if they're participating if they're trying if they're doing all that then yeah they're going to be a high culture fit mm-hmm. um if they don't show up for anything they don't come to anything they don't care to participate they just a lone wolf then it's a lower culture fit i gotcha so your uh, inside sales manager <laughs> or your inside salesperson said something that, you know, is what you want probably every one of your people to say. And, and he said that if you're at an industry event and Chris walks in the room, everybody knows Chris. Why, why is that? Uh, you know, I've been in the, I mean, I've been in the business for a while. I mean, I am by no means the, you know, the most, sought after name or whatever you want to call yeah. it. I, but I mean, I, I've just been doing it for a while. I've made a lot of great friends in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, uh, you know, I've talked at trade shows. I've done classes. I've, um, I've kind of got my name out there, which kind of is uncomfortable for me in a way. I'm not mm-hmm. big on that. I'm kind of like behind the scenes kind of guy. Right. Um, but I, I do, I like the education. I like helping people. I like educating and, and helping them grow their businesses and doing things. Um, I just personally don't like a lot of the spotlight. You know, that's, that's not me. The two things that don't go hand in hand. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, I don't, I love to help people. I've got several people in the industry that message me almost on a daily basis in mm-hmm. some shape and I'd be glad to help them out in, in any way I can. But you like that one-on-one stuff more than the stage stuff. I'm guessing. Um, I don't mind. Like I really don't mind public speaking at yeah. all. I don't, I even in growing up in high school and college, mm-hmm. when I went to college, I don't mind public speaking. Um, I just, I guess I just don't like, um, this, I don't know. I guess I don't like the, what other people could think. The cliches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, and I guess social media probably compounded that, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, so I just kind of stay, you know, in the back. I don't really push myself to the forefront. My wife, on the other hand, huge social butterfly. Um, and she has really made me kind of step out of my comfort zone and push me towards doing more of that, which I know I need more of. Yeah, our, um, our wives have an ability to challenge us that way without absolutely. it seeming seeming direct. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and I even you know teach some some business classes um, pertaining to the rap industry, mm-hmm. and uh, she really pushes me to like, hey, when's your next event? Hey, why haven't you pushed this out there? Hey, it's in yeah. six months. We need to start posting this. Or, yeah. And so she's definitely um, been a great uh, you know driver for me pursuing this. It's something I've been implementing for a long time mm-hmm. helping people with i've just never really pushed it out there because yeah you know whatever it's just not my personality i guess mm-hmm. but i do i really enjoy doing i really enjoy helping other people and, and helping them succeed well i think you know obviously i'm in that space in a sense whether it be coaching consulting teaching just being a a figure that you know even just your following looks up to right but 
it's not for everybody in terms of like your message isn't for everybody. My message isn't for everybody. So we've got to be okay with the ones that are going to critique us or mm-hmm. going to have issues with what we say, whatever the case is, take it out of context, mm-hmm. you know, pick it apart, do your worst. I know that there's people reaching out to me directly. There's people reaching out to me in the comments. There's people one-on-one conversations and my clients that give me the feedback I need to know to keep doing what I'm doing. Sure. And I, and I would have to believe that that's, you know, tenfold for you being in the business as long as you have. And, uh, you know, that's why you do it in the first place. It's not like you're making a bunch of money right. teaching and coaching and, and, you know, being a, uh, a name in the industry, mm-hmm. you know, you haven't even probably really capitalized on that. That's what we talked about today. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as the print and ship business, mm-hmm. as far as getting people, into entrepreneurship you probably have a huge opportunity there because you are uh, a name in the industry that uh, I guess demands that respect and so um, I think that's going to end up even though you're not doing it for the dividends it's going to end up paying dividends you know what I mean yeah you know there's always you know if I've been doing this and whatever we're doing revenue wise there's always people that aren't doing that yet and i can yeah. always help them mm-hmm. um there's some guys that are still doing this in their garage yeah and they are, are wanting to open their first location or open a shop or hire their first employee and those are the most fun right you know, <laughs> and, and and i did find you know i've actually got um taken on and had some one-on-one coaching clients mm-hmm. and i don't even think i mentioned that to you yet and yeah. um and so and i have actually found it um while I can see the most growth a lot of times from those guys that are just starting, they also are difficult in a way. Yeah. Not they are, but they don't have a team behind them. There's right. no like delegating everything. Right. They're a one man show. They're yeah. having to learn how to do this um, and grow so that they can make their first hire. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, how do we free up time for them to be able to do that? How do we get them time to be able to grow and work on the business, not in it all day, putting vinyl down? Yeah. And so, you know, when I first had kind of started some of that, that one-on-one coaching, that was uh, something I kind of had to take a step back and learn a little bit. Like I, I did it, but it was so many years ago, yeah. you know, how do you do it now? And so we've got some, some ways that we've been helping with a lot of our, um, or a lot of my, my clients and, and that mm-hmm. aspect of it um, to really help them grow their business, make that first hire, be more you know strategic in the time that they devote to the business and how they do it to help them grow mm-hmm. as opposed to just doing a bunch of stuff that they read on the saw, internet, on yeah. saw on the internet, yeah. saw that, well, this person says that I should do this. That's great, but they're not in that same position. They've got 20 people under them. So, so many mm-hmm. people take, you know, a post or an influencer reel or a TikTok or something and take it out of context. And it's like, they are... 40, 50, 60 steps ahead of you mm-hmm. and you're trying to implement what they're telling you to implement mm-hmm. when you're on step five, mm-hmm. you know, it just doesn't transfer. Yeah. And know? when I first started going down this whole coaching thing many years ago, um, I had uh, reached out to someone and, and asked them about doing coaching and they had said, I think I mentioned this to you earlier, they had pretty much turned me down. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, 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 you're not ready for this type yeah. of coaching yet where, you know, you don't have a lot of these things in place. And so in a way it was kind of like a, a gut punch. I, you know, I was like, yeah. really? Like, I felt like I was like doing amazing. Yeah. And then I, you know, you know what? I appreciate that. They'd have just taken my money Yeah. and it wouldn't have helped me. Not where, not in the position I was in and what I needed at the time. Um, and I went through a different coaching program and it's been great. You know, I've, uh, I've learned a lot through them. I learned a lot about just 
it's kind of like, you know, as a business owner, you hear these things, you know, these things, you don't necessarily know how to put them in place. Mm -hmm. Processes, procedures, KPIs, like growing. You're like, I just want my next sale. I don't (laughs) even care where it's coming from. Yeah. I just got to sell this or do this or make this. And, but, and that's great. And I guess at the time you, you do. Mm -hmm. And then as you start getting more and more, it's like, okay, well, am I actually making money? Yeah. Like, am I, am I, is am I profitable or am I just getting a paycheck? Do I have enough money to, to hire my first employee mm-hmm. or am I just doing enough to pay my rent for the month? Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I learned a lot about these things, you know, along the way and, and setting these processes, procedures in place and why mm-hmm. they weren't necessarily super important for that minute. Mm-hmm. They were important to be scalable for that next level. Correct. And so, and, and as, and as we've grown, we've hit some big like plateaus and milestones along the way where I'm like, okay, that's why that was important. It made Mm -hmm. this next hire. It made this next move so much easier because we had that in place, which is, you know, coming back around where we're at now with a sales team Mm -hmm. is we're trying to make sure, because we don't have any outbound sales right now, making sure as we grow, because again, I don't, I don't have any experience in that. Mm-hmm. making sure we have that process that everything in place. So as we add that position and add those key players, mm-hmm. that there is a, a good foundation for growth for them. Cause I don't want them to come work for me. And then in a year, like, man, I should have stayed in whatever field yeah. I was in, you know, because I want them to succeed because when they succeed, we succeed. Right. And so and that's why we're here and why we're doing this is just to create that foundation for them mm-hmm. to be able to do, amazing things yeah and we're you know as you saw today we're trying to stretch it as far as we can so you know when you think about your first outside salesperson your your thought was okay they need to be doing somewhere between 600 and you know maybe up to a million in sales Mm -hmm. and so my next question is well what can the shop handle Mm -hmm. so if they bring in another million Mm -hmm. that kind of capped out the shop right and unless we build another one sure and so, and then in this market, you know, maybe that's not feasible long-term. Sure. You know, maybe, yeah, they will bring in the million in the first year, but can they sustain it every year in this market, right? Mm-hmm. So we looked at, okay, we got other locations within an hour, Wilmington down the road. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the expansion plan, mm-hmm. but also the print and ship piece. Right. Because if you're bringing in outside salespeople, and this is one of the things that I always preach, it's like they've got us, yes, the money's great. And if they're if they're doing uh, a million a year, they're definitely beyond six figures at that point with bonuses and everything. But eventually, that's going to get old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not going to do that for the next thirty years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So we talked about you know the the possible expansion into multiple outside salespeople, but not just doing the regional type sales, but print and ship, mm-hmm. bringing on. Uh, people that wanted to start their own businesses or that can grow into those type of roles, you know, and then we probably maxed it out around 3 million for this location. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, then after that it's print and ship. What? Right. Yeah. And so it's like, we've got this opportunity structure now that makes sense. That's logical in, in the next two years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That if somebody from outside sales comes in and executes on, they could be the next sales manager for your group. Right. You know? Absolutely. It is a great way for someone to make a, a good living in whether it's sales or whether they want to grow into their own store. Cause like you said, mm-hmm. everyone might not want to be on the street doing sales all the time. Right. And even when we hire, even, even prior to this, one of the things that we always 
talk with, especially about our installers, mm-hmm. um, because that's our biggest skilled labor for us as our yeah. installers. Is when we do like an interview, like you know, we even let them know at some point in this career, if you love what you're doing, you're going to at least think about going out on your own. Mm-hmm. It's going, it's going to cross your mind. You're right. going to, someone's going to be in your ear telling you should do this. Your, your significant other, yourself, whatever it is, and. I, if you're a good employee and team member, I want to be the first person to invest in your company. Yeah. Because there's going to be things that you're going to do as an installer that you're not going to know about on the business side Mm -hmm. that I've already either done or learned from or screwed up along the way. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it plays a lot into that. Even with the salesperson, there's going to be a point where they're like, okay, I'm making all this commission. What's my next step? You know, and it's okay. Well, let's set you up with the location. Let me help you will grow a location for you out. You've already got that sales in place from that area. Mm-hmm. So you've already got a base, you know, sales um, or base um, customers, yeah. customer base. And so let's start figuring out what the next move is. Mm-hmm. Do we need a, it's a brick and mortar location. Do we need to start getting new equipment? Do we need to start building up installers in that area? Like, yeah. you know, what's the next logical steps to get you your own location up and running? So it's definitely, um, it's got room for growth. It's got room for expansion and, you know, having all these things in place just makes it go like a whole franchise model. Yeah. You know, that's what we're, we're trying to build a franchise model, um, that we can drop in other areas mm-hmm. and be in whoever is in that area. It can be successful and execute on and execute. Yeah. Correct. Um, not having to go through all those same learning curves and mistakes that I've made along the mm-hmm. way. Um, gets them from point A to point B much quicker. Well, I think there's there's entrepreneurs. There's the old school entrepreneur, which is like, I want owner on the card. I want my company name. Mm-hmm. You know, I want everything to come from me, basically. And then there's this new hybrid entrepreneur that is doing really well, mm-hmm. which is, okay, if you've got the model, I'll I'll give up 10%, 15%, 20% margin. Sure to execute on your model and then scale that, you know what I mean? Whether it's in my name or your name, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. What matters is the success and the impact that I can make. And it's somewhat of a hybrid entrepreneur. I mean, in general, that's a partner, you know, that's a partner in a different location is all it is. But I think so many entrepreneurs are so much more open to that because they, they see what happens when two minds get together versus one, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and they're not in they their The learning curve is much faster. Like a lot of mm-hmm. us join these mastermind groups for that. We're trying yeah. to speed accelerate from point A to point B at a much faster rate, mm-hmm. learning from those that have been there yeah. that have made those mistakes that are growing quicker. It's the same idea. It's just at a smaller, more local level. It's mm-hmm. that same type of thought and philosophy and, outlook on business is growing as fast as you can smartly, Mm -hmm. you know, not having, you're skipping all these mistake steps and hopefully, you know, bypassing those and getting to the end result, which is your own freedom, your own ability to Mm -hmm. create your own future faster, you know? Um, So even if they've, if they're new or if, if they're just a seasoned professional looking for a different, line of work um it, it, you don't have to be a 20 year old you don't there's i've got plenty of people my sales gentleman that we were talking about a minute i mean mm-hmm. he, he started with me and he's he's in his 40s you know in a complete career change former military mm-hmm. and um a, the gentleman that started on my food truck same idea you know former military yeah um, I, I we're in a very big military-based town and a lot of these guys get out of the military after doing 
10, 15, 20, 25 years, and they're looking for that next career, Mm -hmm. something that can provide for their family, allows them that ability to show some of the leadership and stuff that they've learned in the military. Um, And that's been a great avenue for us to bring in people that want that growth. It's been such a consistent theme on this show and with the guests in general, like when you're hiring from the military or you even get into like the special operators and then the elite forces, like you're just getting the best of the best, you know what I'm saying? In terms of values in, in terms of the, basically they, they don't know it yet when they're in the military, but they're being taught how to run a business and how to lead. They're being groomed into that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And and a lot of them, you know, they'll even start out um, maybe doing landscaping or doing Mm -hmm. cutting grass and um, whatever it is. And they make some, um, some mistakes a little bit along the way as they're growing Mm -hmm. and learning and but they they have that entrepreneurial mindset where they're wanting to do something. Mm-hmm. They just need a little guidance. Yeah, you know, help them out, get them to that same thing where they were out. You know, fighting for the country and doing this and growing um, their personal side. They necessarily didn't maybe have as much growth on the entrepreneurial side, so they're trying to catch up. Right. You know, so if we can help them on that side, a lot of times it's the opposite. You know, when they're mm-hmm. not in the military. They, you have to help them grow both ways. Yeah. You know, where this, they've kind of already got that personal growth and now we're helping them on the business side and get to that point where they can, you know, create their own business, their own legacy and their own freedom for their family and Mm -hmm. and everything else. No, it's massive. Uh, You know, uh, one of the, one of my clients, he's building out a business development role Mm -hmm. and uh, it was just crazy how things align once you start hanging around the right people. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got an opportunity to speak to a formal uh, SWIFT uh, captain and special operator. And uh, he was working with DOD in his uh, active military role. And uh, he basically is going to transition from DOD into my client's company now okay. because of the, the connection that I made. And I'm like, you're freaking perfect sure. for uh, my client's role over here. And he hired him and he's going to start in April. And so I'm building out that business development role for him. And it, and it was just crazy to see it happen so fluidly mm-hmm. to where like he, uh, the former special operator is teaching my client things sure. in terms of how to in business development. Sure. You know what I mean? He's been doing it for 30 plus years and, you know, high end security. And he's basically given him these little tidbits and stuff that he did on the DOD side and leading people mm-hmm. and you know he's like a really good writer too mm-hmm. it's just crazy like how overlap yeah yeah it, it really is it, it's great i mean it, and it's good you know from our side um seeing you know again because we're in a very big military town and mm-hmm. and being able to help these guys out we've had you know i have, uh, I have a guy that was in the air force working for me i have one two three that were in the marine corps um and that's just in my graphic shop and so mm-hmm you know, there's, they, you know, they, they're did a great thing for their country. And now they're like, what's my next step, you know? And, um, and it, it's crazy. Even like we're going down this path, because we didn't really talk about any of what we're going to talk yeah. about, just the way, the direction that it goes, yeah. you know, and, and as you know, we're talking about growing and letting them do their own thing. And this is, you know, for us been great because it mm-hmm. does allow them that growth. Um, and, in that ability to create their own business if that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And some of them don't, some of them just want to have that team environment and work, right. you know, and that's fine. And we, and I, and hopefully I've got that for them. Well, and I think 
as entrepreneurs because we think a certain way. We think everybody else thinks that way too. And it's not true. Some people just want to be part of something. Yeah. And my wife, um, you know, she has always been in the healthcare industry Mm -hmm. her whole life. uh, She's 42 and all but the last. So since she started working at 18 until she would have been 30, I guess been 38, Mm -hmm. it was all healthcare. So 20 years in the healthcare industry. And she has always known that she wanted to own her own business. And, you know, and I've always been encouraging of her, but I was like, you know, look, before you even jump all in, come work with me, yeah. you know, learn some things, you know, teach us some stuff because like the whole, like we do daily huddles. I mean, that came from her. From medical. Right. Yeah. They do them twice a day. Yeah. And we tried when we first started doing it twice a day, we found that was a little too much. Yeah. You know, so we went down to once a day mm-hmm. and, um, but we got a lot out of that. So we learned a lot from her mm-hmm. on that healthcare side that she was used to. And then she's learning a lot about like, wow, I didn't realize there was this much involved in me in a business. Yeah. And like, you know, her long-term plan would be for her to do what she really wants to do. If it's continue working with us and growing that business. Mm-hmm. Great. If she would like to venture off at some point and start her own and her own thing, then that's great too. She's, de- she's developing as she goes through this business and Correct. will be able to do that. Yep. And she's going through coaching as well, um, helping her, you know, same thing, learn about all these different things that she had no clue about. She is not a numbers person, but she's mm-hmm. learning to be. She's learning, yeah. like, look, I'm going to have to be if I want to really develop. I, I only became, a num- on the financial side, Yeah, I only became a numbers person like two years ago. Sure. You know, and, and, <laughs> and I've I, been in for 13. So, And I'm in, I'm a, I'm a financial guy in a lot of ways, and I'm yeah. horrible in a lot of ways at that. Yeah. You know, and I've learned along my way too that, you know, like, again, just any, don't scroll Instagram and you'll be fine. I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really a big social media person, but yeah. you know, many years ago, um, like you would, I mean, I, I knew what a PNL was. I knew that I was supposed to get one, but I didn't know a lot about it, you know, yeah. and even now, I mean, um, I get them when I, when I ask our accountant for them, but I'm not in them all the time. Like I should be. Right. Um, and I'm not, I'm in the, the number I'm in some numbers and not in others, you know, and I'm learning. Yeah, you're, that, you're in the, in the, not the shop installing, but you're in the shop instead. Exactly. You like being there. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's like, so like, even now I'm still learning, like I need a lot more of these numbers, I need a lot more of these KPIs, I need a lot more of, things to make sure that we're financially fit. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it, I, I don't know what my exit strategy is going to be. I don't know if I want to sell it one day. I don't know right. if I want to. I think a lot of it's going to rely on what my kids want to do mm-hmm. as they get older. But I'd like to be in the position at that point that let them make that decision. And if I do want to sell, that everything's in place so I can get top dollar for what I've got. Yep. You know, that I have created that company that someone wants to purchase whether it's Mm -hmm. private equity whatever it is i have that there and it's desirable and i'll be able to easily sell it for top dollar and i know to do that i have to have all this stuff in place so that's probably what's next for you right you know develop the outside sales teams make sure all the systems processes are buttoned down Mm -hmm. and then if y'all decide then you can sell uh the rapidomics Mm -hmm. is going to be a big part of that too well probably not the not on the sales side. Yeah, the, yeah. But in terms of education and development, sure. And you kind of passing it forward mm-hmm. uh, and and pointing to them there. So I would imagine that would become long term part of your legacy. Absolutely. You know, again, I, I love that portion of it. And um, I'm, I mean, in some other groups, I mean, I have a, a great friend who has a a rap platform called the Rap IQ, mm-hmm. and it's the same way. It's business growth and development. And um, and he's created this great platform that's online and 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 so on. And so. 
you know, I love being a part of that, helping on there. I, I have no benefit for me yep. helping on there other than adding value to everyone else on there People, where I can. They're, even, even in our spaces, they're surprised mm-hmm. when you jump on a call with them and you just offer value and then that's it. And they kind of get uncomfortable and they're like, oh, last second, what can I do for you? And yeah. it's like, don't worry about it. You know right. what I mean? This is like, I enjoy this. Sure. You know? and, and even when I jumped on a call with you, yeah. you know, um, and we're in a mastermind group mm-hmm. together and, and we were just doing like a the call, meeting yeah. each other, meet and greet. And, uh, and I had already had my head that I was looking at learning more about what you offer on the yeah. sales side, because I knew that that was an avenue that I was struggling in. Yeah. And, and as we were kind of talking, you're like, I wasn't even planning to like do yeah. anything that wasn't, no, I was like, yeah. no, no. And I get that, you know, yeah. but it's like, while I got you here for 30 minutes, like, yeah. you know, what you're doing, it has a value to me, right. you know, and what you provide. And I listened to your podcast and I had already, mm-hmm. you know, seen about the value added to other people. So yeah. Um, it was something that I was interested in doing because of that value that you added for not myself, just for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way, and I hope that there's some people out there that I am helping on on the rap and that side of things yeah. that, um, you know, whether or not they say anything, that's fine. I don't, I'm not doing it for the attention, but I hope that I've helped them progress their businesses mm-hmm. to the point where they can give it forward to somebody else. Well, just on this podcast alone, you know, in our RBO group, we have several people that are in your business sure. and hopefully they're listening to my podcast <laughs> and so you're affecting them that way. But there, there may be somebody that's like, man, I, I wrote, I worked for a rap company once I enjoyed that business. Sure. Maybe I want to get back into it. And they're hearing sure. this today and kind of getting the, the next steps that are involved in that. Yeah. Um, so with all that being said, obviously uh, mentoring and coaching is going to be a big part of your legacy. Mm-hmm. What does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Um, I would like to just be able to, you know, provide a good living for my kids um, so that, you know, of course that there's nothing that they, you know, need that they can't get. But mm-hmm. at the same time, um, I like to, you know, make sure that I have provided them a good, uh, a good uh, base for them to grow and to develop. Meaning I want them to have that work ethic. I want them to have those values that we instill in our, in our kids mm-hmm. Um so that no matter what they decide to do in life, um, they'll be able to succeed at it, whatever it is. You know, if they want to be a doctor, then they're going to be the best damn doctor. If they want mm-hmm. to do, be in the rap business, the bowling business, whatever it is, or anything that they mm-hmm. choose to do, that they have that ethics and those values to be able to be incredible at it. Um, so that's, for me, that's more my legacy is to make sure that they're they're good humans, they're good people, that they're, you know, just they have respect. They shake someone's hand. They look them in the eye, mm-hmm. you know, for my son. Um, and, you know, and for my daughter, just to be respectful, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we make sure even at two years old it, that they have manners and that they, you know, are, are just good little humans. You know, I don't feel that there's enough of that now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny as the show evolves. And as I ask that question more and more, it really has become the same answer. I don't know if it's because everybody's listening, they're ready for it, you know what I mean? But (laughs) I'd like to think that. But um, what I'm realizing is entrepreneurs are going to save the next generation. If any of it's going to be saved, I feel like it's going to be saved by entrepreneurs because we have to be, we have to be these people that are after impact or else we're going to fizzle out, we're going to burn out. You know what I mean? And so I think that's why I'm getting that answer so much. And it's mainly from the ones that are more successful. Sure. You know what I mean? Because once you go after that impact, your success multiplies. 
And you're also, you, you're hiring and you see all these other people that come in that, mm-hmm. that don't have that. And you're like, I don't want my kids like that. Yeah. I don't want my kids to apply for a job mm-hmm. and then never show up to an interview. I don't want my kids to come in and not be able to hold a conversation yeah. with somebody, you know, to have just general, you know, not even networking, just communication skills and things yeah. that a lot of kids through the last generation or two, I feel have been starting to lack. you know, yeah. when I was in the skating laser tag, I hired a bunch of teenagers. They were great at that. You yeah. Know, that was their industry. They liked it. Yeah. You know, and, um, and you could start to see it even then. So that was 20 years ago that a lot of those, you know, social skills were slowly starting to kind of go away. And so, mm-hmm. like, you know, with that said, I mean, I just, I want my kids to be able to hold a conversation, to be able to shake a hand, look someone in the eyes, have manners, like all of that, mm-hmm. you know, that entrepreneurs, I think they see that because they are also, I don't want to say dealing with that, but they're seeing the other side of that, of what happens when they don't have those things. Yeah. You know, so um, hope that'll make sense. But uh, for me, I think that's the direction I'm trying to do. The same things required to run an impactful and profitable business are the same things required to uh, create amazing humans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Or impact, impact little ones, you know? 100%. And, and I think, you know, what are they talking about in our spaces when we go to an, an RBO meetup or we go to an apex event or these mastermind events or, you know, these, other business owners that are running multi-million dollars event, events, you feel the energy in the room. You've got two types of energy in that room. The one that's after the money and the uh, the clout, you know what I mean, and the influence, right? And you got the one that's like they're they're present where their feet are. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they lead their families mm-hmm. and they make this amazing impact with their people and their business and their, their families at home. Mm-hmm. And it's more often that. Absolutely. In our groups, especially in RBO. Sure. It's more often that. And so, you know, we're all like-minded in that sense. We're like we sit at the dinner table and we don't take our phones to the dinner table. Mm-hmm. We have real conversations with our children mm-hmm. and that is how they learn it. And you, and you want others to succeed as much as you want yourself to succeed. Mm-hmm. Like you say, well, there's several others in our, in my industry, in the group, you know, and, and I'm good friends with some of them and, mm-hmm. and, and they want me to succeed just as much as I want them to succeed. You know, and it's, it's an abundance mindset. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I know there's plenty of work out there for all of us. Mm-hmm. We're not in the same markets, well, you know, and, and I want them to do just as good and, and them to better themselves as I know they do me. Well, and the more, the more positive impact they make in business owners, businesses, um, because they wrap their vehicle or because they did core values on their wall or whatever the case is, they bought one of their products. It raises the industry as a whole and creates sure. more demand for it. Absolutely. To where, all right, even if I don't go outside of my region with it like three hours or something like that, I'm still getting more business because it's understood that if you're going to be a business owner, you need to have a core value wall or you need to wrap your vehicle or you need to do some type of graphics with us. So sure, absolutely. The, the business owner standard versus just like a niche in home services or something like that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I said it's, it's definitely um, a different mindset, you know, that, Uh, I think that more and more people are starting to um, get aligned with, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, it might've always been there. I'm sure it was, but it's just more in the forefront. Maybe, maybe we're just in those groups now. So we feel like it's happening more and more. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. I'd like to think that, that, you know, it is entrepreneur. Entrepreneurism is trendy right now. Sure. But now it's, 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 
opportunity to develop yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and some people are going through the motions and some people are really doing it. So I'm glad to say that you're one of those people that are really doing it. So yeah. I appreciate you you coming on the show, you taking Absolutely. the time. We had a long day. We're both pretty exhausted right now. Sure. But we still put together 55 minutes for you guys. So appreciate yeah. you, Chris. Okay. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, well, thank you, man. I appreciate being in, in and I love what you're doing with the podcast mm-hmm. and all that. I think it's a, a great platform. Um, and if, you know, of course, if you're listening to this, you, you obviously listen to it, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's definitely, uh, needed in our, in every industry, uh, just that general, that drive to make everyone better at what they're doing. So appreciate that. Absolutely. That's good building. Thank you for tuning into this episode of building great sales teams. Be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building. As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.